Hi, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. Every week, we work hard at giving you the best real ghost stories we can find for free through the podcast. But producing and maintaining the show isn't so free for us. And that's why we're asking for your support. If you like the show, please become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person through the button at realghoststoriesonline.com. As an EPP, you'll get an additional bonus exclusive episode of the show to enjoy every weekend. Plus, you'll have access to our exclusive EPP video content and backlog of exclusive EPP bonus episodes as well. It's only five bucks a month for all these extras. And your support helps to keep our daily free version of the show alive and on the air. Become an EPP now at realghoststoriesonline.com. Please and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, a pair of roommates celebrate their newfound independence, but they soon realize that a place of their own could come with problems they're not yet ready to handle. Three sisters pray nightly for protection, but when they do, everything seems to take a turn for the worst. What is it that goes bump in the night? And a sleepover gets scary before the guests even arrive. Who is the voice behind the door? Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What did you think of the headlines today? I think they were very good. Our eight-year-old, today was her birthday. <laughs> uh-huh. What she wanted to do as part of her birthday is help <laughs> produce the show. So she helped write the headlines today. Now, she's yet to ever actually listen to an episode of the show because we don't want to scar her for life. Uh, but uh, did she got to hear the stories today? Is I, that right? Yeah, the ones that... We picked out for today. Okay. I actually read them to her. Now, granted, this is like one o'clock in the afternoon, so plenty mm-hmm. of time for it to get out of her mind before bed. Sure. I did not want her in here listening yeah. to the stories, and they're like, okay, bedtime. <laughs> Let's make some ghost story headlines for the show, and then you can go to bed, and ooh, doesn't that in your room look really creepy when the nightlight's shining on it? I bet that's a witch. <laughs> I hope it doesn't eat you in your sleep. Okay, sweet dreams. She did good, though. She did really good. Good. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I mean, and to give some insight into how we produce the show, and it's interesting because it is kind of an ever-evolving process in how we do this thing here. Um, Our letters, we have so damn many of them, which is a good thing to have, but we have a lot of them um, that come in. Um, Jenny uh, now uh, is essentially our executive producer of the show right um which is taking a load off of me which i love (laughs) so she's handling essentially the letter end of things so when you write in the letter she's the one who's going over them and then we are are essentially picking the 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 letters to put onto the show every single day because we get so many of them we want to make sure that they are uh readable (laughs) Yeah. Which is important. And that's a big part of what I do is because, you know, honestly, everybody makes mistakes. And there are a lot of things that word check or spell check will not catch. Sure. So I read through it before you read through it. So there's less 
stopping and starting on your part when yeah. you're going. Yeah, and I know we've had a lot of comments saying, hey, the show just sounds better lately. That's because Jenny's producing it. That's because she's well, going you. through the letters, and that's because she's correcting all of these spelling errors and all of the things where I read it and I screw it up because I, it's unreadable. Um, or just, you know, when I type and I read it back, if I don't proof it, it it's like some of our letters that we've gotten. It's because when what you think and what you're hitting the keys on don't always correlate yeah um and and not everyone proofreads i'm not a proofreader so i get it when somebody's like it's great send you know well and there's a ton of listeners where english is not their first language sure. so they usually write in with a little sentence like i apologize for the spelling and yeah. grammar so we just take it yeah. and there's usually a wonderful story yeah in all that so even if some of the stories are not necessarily written wonderfully we're correcting them a bit so they can be read on the air. So, um, and I'm not encouraging you to write them bad because if they are horrible, we are, we will just move on <laughs> to one that has taken the time to write the letter better. Um, so it is important to write the letter well when you write into the show. Um, but, uh, you know, we will go over and if it's a good story, it will hit the air. So Jenny does that. I do the calls and I still do not listen to the calls before they hit the air. Um, I listen to the first couple like maybe the first 30 seconds or mm-hmm. the last 30 seconds or so of a call um and i make sure that it is audible okay that the person is speaking clearly and that it sounds like they're not drunk <laughs> yeah those are important things uh because sometimes you get that um and and those are the calls that end up hitting the air um Every once in a while, we do have some that slip through the cracks where we go, that wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But but that's the the kind of, you know, what you do, what you get when you do a show like this, where it is not overly produced. We are producing this as live of a show as it can be for a podcast. Because right. podcasts are not live shows. But we try and keep it as realistic as we can in the feel of the tradition of live radio. So... That's what you get. And, and it's funny, too, because I hear people say, oh, you guys must take a long time to edit that show, you know, once you're done recording it. No, there's like literally no editing, editing that's done to the show once it's done. It's, we, it's all on the front end. We hit record and go. Uh, it's very, I mean, sometimes if someone has to cough or something, we stop. Yeah. But other than that, it's like straight through. So. And it didn't used to be that way. It used to take us a couple of hours to record a one-hour show yeah. just because we would have to stop and start so much. Sure. But now it's like pretty much just straight through. So so now they know who to be mad at. There's an insight into the show. <laughs> no, they can be mad at me too. They can be mad at everyone. You know, it's not just you. But uh, that's uh, that's a little uh, behind the scenes. Kind of people have been talking about that. How do they do this? How are they doing that? So there you go. That's how the show's working now. So make sure the letters you write in are good. I think that's that's fair for everyone. You know, we try to make a good show. You want to have a good show? You want to have a good story to tell? Okay, great. If it's kind of, yeah, you know. Yes and no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sometimes you can have a just kind of eh, story. Sure. But if it's written really, really well. Sure. Well, that's the thing, because it's funny, because we have letters that come in that the the person who's writing thinks it's kind of like not a good story. Some of those are like the best stories that we get. Yeah. Where it's like, this is not really quite a ghost story. And you're like, oh, my God, this is an amazing story. Yeah. Like the Phantom House. Yeah. That story, I almost passed it over because in the first sentence, he said it's not really a ghost story. And I thought, yeah, but it looks like he put some effort into it. Sure. So I read it and I was like, this totally goes with the show. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so share your stories. If it if it involves anything paranormal, ghost wise, send it in. Just send it in legibly <laughs> <laughs> to to increase your chances of it hitting the air. Let's go to a call. The phone number is 855-853-4802 to share your real ghost story with us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hi. Hey, guys. My name is Beach, and I'm calling um, with, I guess, it's a story, and also I wanted some advice, you know. Um, I have a six-year-old son, and ever since he was, like, two years old, he's always talked about, like, a cricket man. Um and long story short, he honestly believes, and he just finished telling me all of this, so I'm a little bit frazzled about it, but um, apparently whenever he was two years old, he says that um, his father and I were home in the house, and he was upstairs playing with this little toy flip phone, and um, he said that all of a sudden out of nowhere, this big cricket guy just came out and threw him into a wall (laughs) and that as soon as he got there there were cameras there you know and he could see his father what his father was doing he was like yeah you were putting up clothes mom and you were doing you know certain things that I usually do he could have seen it but um, I thought he was just pulling our leg and finally I turned to him and I was like if you're telling me the truth then why don't you swear on your your meemaw's life that it's true and he was just like, will she die if I die? You know, whatever. And I was like, no, she's whatever. Anyway, he told me the truth about it. He was like, I swear on my grandmother's life. And um, so it's like he honestly, truly believes that it's true. And, I mean, it's just he always talks about it and he's terrified of it. And I'm about to take him to a psychologist because I just don't know what to do. And if this... Uh, this is ridiculous, but um, I just had to share. If you have any suggestions about what it could be, um, he's never had any other hallucinations. He's never he's been to a psychologist before, and he does not have schizophrenia, anything like that. Um, but he is real imaginative, and he's just like, I don't know what to do. Anyway, thank you so much for your time, and I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for calling in and uh, and sharing your story with us. Um, obviously, we're not medical professionals here, but you're you are taking the right route of thinking uh, of taking him in to see a psychologist and to discuss this further. Um, and that's step number one. It is before yes. we jump into there's something paranormal or whatever uh, in in your son's room or or affecting your son. Um, go there first, see what they say, make it several appointments you know it's not just a one time they're not going to figure out what's going on in one visit um take some time there um and the other thing i would say is think about what's going on in your life around your house have have you and your husband ever experienced anything odd uh, is there any is there a chance that there could be something paranormal going on um you know examine that a little bit further Dig into the history of your home. Dig into what's going on around you. What's going on that could be causing some of this. If indeed it is something paranormal. And I'm not saying it is. But I'm not saying it's not either. And, uh, you know, if you go see the psychologist or psychiatrist, either one. And they say, well, there's really nothing going on with your son. um, You know, 
I wonder how much of a problem is Cricket Man? Is Cricket Man causing him to misbehave or act out or doing things? Or is this just something that kind of secretly freaks you out? You know, that's that's because I'm yeah. almost wondering if there isn't something wrong and it's possibly not paranormal if he won't just outgrow it. Is it, it was and was Cricket Man the one time incident where you said that he got thrown across the room? Is that a common occurrence? Right. Or is that that happened one time? Does he keep seeing Cricket Man? I mean, and I'm sure the the psychologist can kind of dig deeper into that. He got thrown across the room, or the toy got thrown across the room. I was taking it as he did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I'm not sure. Either way, that's um, not good. No. no. Either way, it's. Uh, Go to the medical professionals first before we jump into the world of paranormal on this, especially involving a child. Um, but keep your mind open to what could possibly be going on here. But you are taking the right route. You know, you're not bringing in the exorcist first and then going to the psychologist. Right. You know, go to the psychologist first, several visits, see what they say. And, and go from there. And two, do keep us updated on that. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Anything else you wanted to add to that? No, just okay. that they may do some play therapy and watch how he behaves. Sure. Just to get some ideas. You know, there's so many different things they can do now. Yeah. So I would try that. Definitely. I agree with what you said. Yeah. Uh, Anonymous writes in, I've recently discovered the power of the podcast and happened to stumble upon Real Ghost Stories Online. I enjoy listening to the stories and the dynamics between you two. I'm very intrigued by the paranormal and hearing the experiences of others. Despite my interest, I am still very much a skeptic. Many times than not, there's a logical explanation for everything. That being said, listening to others voice their experiences has encouraged me to share mine. The following event took place about six years ago. I'd recently come out of my teen years and was officially a... Mediocre, minimum wage working, seemingly independent 20-year-old. I wanted nothing more than a place of my own where the freedoms of adulthood seemed endless. My best friend and I decided we were moving out. And even better, we were getting out of town. We did the normal things, scouted out the perfect apartment, looked for jobs, planned our future parties. Several weeks later, we packed our things and took off. We settled into an apartment in the middle of central Texas in the middle of a central Texas military town. The independent lifestyle was the best, despite the bills. I strive for independence so much that I refused to put my pride aside and ask my parents for certain items to take with me, like my bed. After all, they had helped me with so much already. I was perfectly content sleeping on the couch. It was my couch, it was my apartment, and I could sleep wherever I pleased. Being new to town, we were constantly inviting our friends from back home to come down. On one particular night, my roommate had a romantic interest from our hometown stayover. We went out, partied a bit, then retired to apartment for the uh, for the evening. She and her fling were in her room. I was on the couch. I'm not sure what time it was that night, but I was suddenly wide awake. It was a type of feeling when you can just jump out of bed and start your day, like when you go to sleep with big plans and wake up with no problem and anticipation. The couch directly faced the entertainment center. Naturally, that's the way I was facing when I opened my eyes. I was staring across the room and thought, hmm, the streetlight is casting a strange shadow in here. I'm not sure how long I continued staring out into the room when I realized... I think someone else is in the room with me. Someone is watching me. A young woman was sitting with her legs crossed 
and hands on her knees looking directly at me. She had the early 90s grunge or goth look going on. She wore a plain shirt, short skirt, and a choker necklace with some type type of charm hanging from the center. I was unable to see exactly what it was. I don't remember seeing her feet or if she had any shoes on. She had a haircut that my friends and I used to refer to as the reverse mullet. It was about chin length in the front, short and spiked up in the back. She was looking at me and I could feel her looking at me and somehow I knew, she knew, I was looking at her. We were staring at each other, but she had no eyes. There were only shadows where her eyes should have been. It was as if her bra bone was blocking light and casting a shadow over that part of her face only. I was not afraid. That was it. There were no words, just a calm, silent understanding of each other that was almost peaceful. Not sure how long I was locked in this trance, but eventually I went back to sleep. Next day, I casually asked my roommate, Do you think our apartment is haunted? She replied with no. I accepted this, and we went on exploring our newly found independence. I did not soon forget the experience. I was pretty sure it had actually happened. But a week later, I had saved up enough money from my job serving tables to buy a new bed. You make good money as a waitress in a military town. Well, I didn't mind sleeping on the couch. I was pretty stoked to finally sleep in my own bedroom. Later that night, after we both got off work, we were getting ready to get out of the town. I casually asked my roommate again if she thought that our apartment was haunted. What came out of her mouth next floored me. She looked at me very mad and said, I I think so, this might seem crazy, but remember when so-and-so spent the night? She began to describe to me what she saw. During that night, she had gotten up to go to the bathroom, which was across the hallway from her bedroom. There was a connecting doorway that looked into the living room that she had to pass by. When she was returning to her bedroom, she glanced into the area where I was sleeping. She said she did a double take because she thought she saw someone in there with me. When she looked at the second time, she became frightened, bolted from the bedroom and slammed the door shut. The noise from the slamming door is what must have woken me up that night. I was astounded and definitely freaked out at this point. How could two people see the same thing if it wasn't real? I still didn't believe it, so I... Asked her to describe what she saw. The details were almost 100% on point. I asked her why she hadn't told me when I had first asked her. She said that she didn't want to scare me because I was sleeping in the living room. She told me she had described what she saw to the guy that was staying with her, so we called him and had him repeat it on speakerphone. After this event, I never saw or felt anything again. Who was that woman? Why did she show herself to me? Was she a military wife whose husband had died in action and had taken her life in grief? Had she lived in the same apartment? Maybe she just wanted someone to know that she was still there? I've tried to make sense of this event, and I only think about it from time to time now. When I do, I think, did that really happen? no longer looking for answers to this question. I've accepted it as something that I can't explain with logic. Thank you for listening and allowing me to share my experience with you. 
for both of them to see the apparition so clear, I think I would become obsessed trying to figure out who that person had been. I mean, obviously it happened. It's kind of one of those things where it's like the the basis of our show where it's not if these things are real, it's they're real. Yeah. We know they're there. And in, in her case, she knows this happened. But yeah, what, who was it? That's what I'd be so wrapped up on, trying to figure out who and why and what their story was. Especially never showing herself again, just mm-hmm. that one night. What, you know, what caused her to come out that night? I don't know. I mean, the the variable here in the situation is the the guy mm-hmm. that was brought in. If this never happened again in this apartment, there's haunted people. Yeah. Did or, the guy bring the girl? Or maybe she didn't particularly care for somebody staying over that wasn't sure. female. That could be a possibility. There's a couple angles and of where that could go. Yeah. I would... If if I were her, I would ask, I mean, if it's still even an option, a little bit more about the guy. I would want to know his paranormal history, for lack of a better term. Okay. Does he have anything that's happened to him before? Or, you know, cause I, I wonder, because that's the one variable here. Yeah, it you know? is. Although it very well could be there's a reason, like almost a protective spirit showing up, doesn't like him being there, or for whatever reason. Ugh. I don't know. It can go a lot of ways. 855-853-4802. That's the phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. And we're to subscribe to the show as well, whatever platform it is you're listening to us on, on Stitcher, YouTube, iTunes. Press subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes of the show. Hi. Hey there, Tony and Jenny. This is David from Oregon, otherwise known as Heidenberg. As uh, Tony mentioned after one of my stories I related, uh, being in that lion's den in Colorado, uh, there's a huge backstory to that. I don't think we had enough time on your recording to go into, so I just gave the uh, the uh, thumbnail sketch version of it. Regardless, as I told you before, I have lots of very real stories to share, and I think... Um, you might be interested in hearing this one. Um, back in 2000, I was doing some contract work in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And um, I knew I wasn't going to be in Santa Fe maybe six months. It was a project that I was working on. And I uh, took an apartment um, that had been converted um, in elderly lady's home. Um, the garage had been uh, turned into a very nice apartment. Uh, with its own bathroom and facilities, et cetera. And I uh, really enjoyed that time there overall. Um, when I moved into the uh, apartment slash garage, um, the lady that I was renting from, she was probably in her mid-70s living alone. A lot of people in Santa Fe convert their garages into living quarters uh, because of the people that would want to come there and stay, sometimes uh, somewhat uh, intermittently, but people do like to come there and stay a while. And that was sort of my situation. She was a very nice elderly woman, and uh, we got along very well. And what I noticed early on in that apartment garage was uh, there was an an energy that made itself very well known to me. One of my first nights there, I had gotten up to go to the bathroom, and as I was lying, just about to lie back into the bed, um, I sensed... I suppose you could say psychically. I had a psychic impression, if you will, 
of someone wanting to put their head through the corner of the wall near the ceiling where the two walls come together and meet the ceiling in that corner I felt a presence just ahead wanting to come through and take a look at me basically and um, I felt that presence it was a male presence and I wasn't quite sure of the features immediately but um, I kind of settled with that while that impression was there and I sensed it to be a male uh, possibly Latino uh, mid 50s um, and I sensed a, a, a thick uh, black mustache as well and just as I was kind of getting that feel the head went away back into the wall and um, again that was a psychic impression uh, it did not I did not see anything visually um, several days later I had I was reading working on something at my desk and uh, all the room was fully lit and I had that impression again it, it came very quickly uh, this head wants to come through the wall just to sort of check on me. There was no malevolence there. There was no evil intent. It was just curious. And at that time, when I looked up, it was more than a psychic impression. There was an actual visual apparition. And what I saw was it was a solid head figure that was coming through the wall uh, that met those features that completely that I had the psychic impression of. It was a Latino man, probably in his mid-50s, thick, dark mustache, dark features. And again, just as quickly as he put his head through the wall, he removed his head back out the wall. And I thought, well, this is very interesting. I did not know a whole lot of the history of that house other than that the elderly woman that lived there, her husband had a heart attack back in the 1970s. And, um, and that's all I knew. And he died. And he was actually the individual that converted that garage into an apartment. And I could tell somebody lovingly did that because it was a craftsman quality remodeling of that garage. It was very well put together. And I knew that this was probably not just some contractor. This was someone that really cared about what he was doing. And I took note of all that. And when I saw him that evening, put his head back through the wall, I told him, I told the energy that I, I'm here to live here in peace and I'm here to while I'm here I'll look out for you know the elderly woman living here and I will you know help out basically and I'm a I'm a I'm an okay presence to be here I'm very safe and I think that you know it will be okay for everyone that I'm here and I said that to the energy that I felt and over the next several weeks I felt that energy intermittently come and go just just basically peeking in the wall didn't happen all the time but it would happen occasionally and never really brought it up to the elderly woman there I didn't want to you know, make a, an issue for her at all and I never did go into her part of the house ever um, until one time frame of about two weeks she was going to be visiting her daughter in Austin Texas and uh, she asked me if I would water her plants and look on the interior of the home occasionally. And by then we had known each other long enough. She knew I was a safe presence to be in her home. I said, absolutely, I'd be more than happy to do that. I was even going to do some light remodeling for her in the bathroom. And while I was in there, um, she had left. And while I was in there, um, I was watering some plants or I was doing some something in the home. And I happened to go into the one section of the house that I was going to be doing the remodeling, some minor remodeling. And I looked at a picture on the wall 
And just like in a movie, I could tell that it was the woman that I was living with about t probably 30 years earlier. And she was in, that photo in a photograph hanging on a wall um, with the man. And it was obviously that they were a couple. And um, this was absolutely the individual that I saw putting his head through the wall. It was the same Latino man. Now, she was a Caucasian woman, and uh, so I really wouldn't have immediately made that connection um, necessarily. Uh, so, But she was a Caucasian woman. He was a Latino man. And the absolute features that I had seen, and I knew his presence was probably just looking out for his wife. That would be my feeling on that. And so I had that. I settled with that, and I was making, you know, sort of, you know, peace with that. That, hey, I'm here. I'm glad you're here. And if I can help out in any way, I'm here to help. And uh, nothing ever weird happened uh, at all other than that presence coming through the wall occasionally. Not, not every day, maybe once a week. And one evening, I was uh, helping um, someone who I came to know as a friend um, to... I was working on a report for for her while she was with me on my computer. She was sitting next to me, and I was at my desk. I was on my computer. It was about 11 o'clock at night, and I was helping her type something up. And she was sitting there, very, very intuitive person, very, uh, just a, I don't want to say psychic, but very intuitive individual. And uh, we were sitting there, and she was reading something to me, and I was entering it into the computer. And I noticed that she kept looking up into that corner of the room and I had not told anyone about this I didn't know anyone there well enough to share these kinds of intimacies with I did not want them to think I was a nut etc regardless she kept looking in that corner and she was looking very intently at that corner and I glanced up there I did not sense the presence at that moment I was focused on getting the report done that's where my main attention was but she kept intently looking at that corner and I said to her, I said, Danielle, what are you looking at? Just in that fashion, what are you looking at? Like maybe she saw a spider, who knows? That's what I, the, the, the tone I had in my voice. And she just matter-of-factly said to me, David, I feel that there's somebody, I feel there's a man trying to stick his head through your wall. I said, what? She goes, I don't know why, I don't even know why I feel that. She said, but I feel there's a man trying to stick his head through your wall. And then it just kind of floored me because I had this this confirmation, if you will, from someone else that actually had a similar impression from what I was experiencing. And then um, I said, let's go for a walk. I didn't want to share it with her there. I didn't want to freak her out, but we went for a walk in the neighborhood. And I shared with her what I had been experiencing and actually what I saw in the hallway on the wall, the picture on the wall of the fellow. And um, so that was just some added confirmation there that uh, what I was experiencing was uh, in fact real. Once again, thank you for your time and I uh, love your story. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, it sounds like he was just checking in to make sure the place was being taken care of and his wife was being taken care of. And, you know, I don't know that that would bother me very much. Would that bother you? That someone's going and just kind of checking on things? No, not at all. I, it would be interesting to hear what sort of interactions may or may not be going on with the older woman, though. If she's seeing him, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it would be a difficult topic, I think, to approach. Oh, sure. With her. But 
is, you know, I could see that being one of those things where, uh, you know, I'm getting this vibe that this person and then describing the person and going into the details. And just, oh, yeah, he's here all the time. He's over there right now. You know, I could see that being the case. Yeah. Almost. Um, you know, but no, I mean, it's, it's just a very calming, peaceful, you know, non-negative presence. But I wonder if that's just part of the story of what he experienced as far as what the whole experience of that haunting is to the, the woman uh, that, that is uh, indeed in that house as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know if she ever saw him. I mean, how would you do that? How would you go up and say... I think your dead husband is haunting this house. Yeah, because <laughs> she can either feel, you know, okay about that or yeah. that could be extremely upsetting to her. You're right. It could go the complete opposite direction mm-hmm. too. It could be, oh my God. I don't know. I If it's that present, though, I almost have the feeling that, that she may be aware. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know, because he, you know, and of course, he was very, very limited on the amount of time he spent in her part mm-hmm. of the property. You know, it'd be interesting if he had said, well, when I was remodeling, he showed up there, too. Yeah. But he didn't. It yeah. was just the picture. I wonder if he doesn't go in her part of the house. Sure. And only stays in checking in on whoever the the current mm-hmm. tenant is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, a ghost that's proud of his craftsmanship. <laughs> yes. For sure. It's Bob Vila as a ghost. There you go. <laughs> D writes in, hi, guys. I'm so excited I found your show. I'm an avid listener. I and actually so relieved to hear some of the stories to know that other people have had similar experiences. I was listening to a podcast today, and a caller was talking about dreams and deja vu. I dream very vividly, and a few times I would remember the dream clearly and when it would happen or come true. I would have a feeling of deja vu so instantaneously and so intensely, it would almost make me nauseated and dizzy with the severity of it. But that's another story for another time, and non-ghost related. I'm just excited I'm not the only one with similar experiences. I wanted to share an experience that I've had in recent years. I've always been fascinated with ghost stories and spooky things, and have had little things happen. Up until that point, that seemed like it could have been anything. I've only had one experience that I can't explain away or convince myself that it was a trick of my mind or of the light. When my dad passed 15, we moved out of the house he had died in and bought a brand new house that had just been built. And my mom started dating immediately following. So you can imagine it was difficult for me and two younger sisters. Fast forward five years, my mom was still dating the same guy and the house atmosphere had become incredibly toxic. Well, I was really involved in my church and decided that instead of reacting in a negative manner, I would just pray. So I started praying before I went to sleep, saying a really basic prayer like, Lord, I give my home and my family to you. Anything that doesn't belong here, I pray it leaves. After that, things got really bad for us. Her boyfriend was more agitated and confrontational, and it got pretty ugly. And it was always after the nights that I would pray. It seemed like confrontation would rise the next day. I got my sisters to pray before they went to sleep too, and the problems escalated and continued. But things also started happening late at night. I'd wake up every night at three in the morning with a terrible feeling something was watching me. 
I would say a prayer and go back to sleep. At first, I didn't actually think something spiritual could be attached to the situation. I just noticed the changes. One night, I woke up at 3 in the morning and was immediately wide awake, which was extremely unusual since it usually takes a minute for me to come out of a deep sleep. I felt this fear grip me, and before I could open my mouth to pray, I heard this loud whisper in my ear. Very loud, very close, I could feel hot breath and the puffs as if someone was speaking directly into my ear. It wasn't English or a language I recognized, but it was pure hatred. And I knew it hated me and wanted to really hurt me. As soon as it happened, I knew what it said. This is my house. I sat up straight in my bed and was terrified. I spoke out loud and said, did that really just happen? I was wide awake when it happened and felt the breath on my ear. It was so real. I turned the light on and slept with the light on for the rest of the week. Months went by and things would happen and I would feel a bad presence around and watching me, but nothing like that night. My sisters and I were sitting in a circle one day at the house alone talking about something unrelated and we came to a silence. My middle sister spoke up and she said she had something to tell us but asked us not to think she's crazy. She went on to say while we had... A pact to pray every night in the house. She woke up in the middle of the night to her bed rocking back and forth. She had a huge, heavy, queen-sized bed that's hard to move, and she said it was rocking so severely she felt the legs coming up off the ground. She was so scared she didn't move from the bed and didn't fall asleep again until the sun came up. I said, are you sure? Not that I didn't believe her, but it was the only thing I could think of to say. She said when... She got up hours later. Her bed was still pulled away from the wall. My youngest sister said she felt something grab her leg in the middle of the night. She woke up to the pain of it and immediately turned on her side lamp and lifted up the covers. And she had red marks and nail marks where it looked like someone or something had done just that. Then I told them my event. And all three things happened around the same time. We mentioned this to my mom, and she said she had experienced things in the house, but didn't seem as concerned as we were. But her solution to things that made her uncomfortable has always been to stick her head in the sand. She's had several experiences before, including a bad experience with a Ouija board, so she wouldn't write it off as nothing, but she had no interest in doing anything about it. I had since moved out of the house and haven't had any problems, but every time I return or talk to my sisters, there are always things that happened. So that's my story. Thanks for listening. D. I wonder if the sisters are still praying or if they've quit just out of fear of what's going to happen as a repercussion. That's scary because you think you're doing something really good that's going to help you and unfortunately it tends to stir things up sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of along the lines of when you have like uh, a demonic force or something in your house and you have it a priest come and bless the house and it uh, it can get worse yeah. before it gets better. And that kind of sounds like what's going on here. It sounds like it needs something for a lack of a better term, more official. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that praying isn't, you know, I'm not discounting praying. I'm just saying it may need an exorcism. Okay. It may need a official in the church if that's the 
a belief system that they subscribe to to come into and rid the entity. So you think the entity is the driving force behind the the stepfather? I could see that being part of it. Yeah. Um, and, and whether it's, you know, it's very hard to say without knowing more about that situation. Um, you know, it could be one of those things where the, the stepfather or the boyfriend there is, you know, just kind of a, a negative presence and just a depressive presence or something. And, and he's actually being fed into with the negative energy in the house, or if he's the one who brought it in. It's something that followed him into the situation. It's hard to say. It is. You know, it's it's very... And then again, they said it's a new house. You know, it's, you know, fresh start. So you, the last thing you're thinking of is, oh, there's shit that's in this house that's going to be following us in. Right. But again, there's really no foolproof haunted house or, or, or guaranteed to not get a haunted house. Because there's been so many times where we hear stories of brand new home, it's haunted, and people are confused as to why, and it could be anything from the wood that was used to build the house, the land it was built on, an object that's in the house. Um, person that's in the house. Person that's, I mean, there's so many things that can make a haunted house. It's not just the age of the house. Sure. So. I don't know. Too many questions there. There's a lot of questions there. Thanks for writing in and sharing your uh, story with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Again, the phone number is 855-853-4802. If you'd like to share your real ghost story with us, we would love to hear it here on the show. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. Um, First, I wanted to say thank you for having this type of show. Um, because I don't feel crazy now because I'm hearing all these other experiences. And I've actually been really hesitant to call in and tell my experience because I feel like all these other stories are so much better than mine. But um, I was just sitting here and I was thinking about an experience that happened to me back when I lived at my parents' house. And this was about, probably about 12 years ago. I was about 14 or 15. And... um, I don't know, it was just a regular night, and I was going to sleep. Like, everyone else, you know, back when I lived at my parents' house, it was kind of a normal thing for everyone to just go to sleep kind of late. I mean, I lived with my brother and my sister and my mom and my dad, of course, and I was usually the first to go to sleep. I was the baby, so I got tired faster than everyone. So just one night, I was getting ready to go to sleep, You know, I had my pajamas on. Um, Yeah, I was going to sleep, and everyone else was in the living room. They were all downstairs. And um, as I'm going to bed, um, I used to share a bunk bed with my sister. We shared the same room. And um, I don't know, I just all of a sudden started to hear this tapping coming from the upper bunk. And I told I thought maybe it was my brother or my sister I mean uh, my brother he used to like to play play pranks on me a lot so I kind of thought it was him Um, so I told him to stop and it just progressively got worse the tapping it was like someone just got their fingernails and was just tapping you know Um, he had long fingernails so I just I thought it was him I thought he was just like dicking with me so I told him to stop and if he wouldn't stop I would tell my mom and it just got worse. It just got really fast. I mean, it started out like, you know, like this, and then it just like, you know, 
really hard and really fast, and it wouldn't stop. And so I get up out of bed, I go downstairs, and everyone is downstairs, as I remembered, and my brother was downstairs, and my mom, she was downstairs, she was, you know, cooking a little something for, you know, everyone else, and I went downstairs, and I was just like, um, someone was tapping on my bunk bed, or the, the bed above my bunk, and um, she, and I said it was, I thought it was my brother, but then he's down here, and he's just like, no, I've been down here this whole time. And, um, I don't know, I just went downstairs looking really stupid. Um, no one really believed me, but I remember this happened. I mean, like, it was just, it was, it was real. Like, it really happened. And to this day, I don't know how to explain that, but whatever it was, um, whether it was like a playful spirit or, you know, malevolent or, you know, or anything in that type of nature, I really don't know. But, um... Whatever it was, it was trying to get on my nerves because, I mean, I, it knew I was going to sleep and I told it to stop and it just got worse and worse. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, that's still really weird to me. Um, yeah, uh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. And thanks again for taking my call. Bye. I think there's a line of bunk beds that were built that some dark shit happened around that wood. <laughs> you know, honestly, stranger things have happened. I could see that being the case. And here's the background on that. Our, our regular listeners know what I'm talking about. Um, but this goes way back to the Unsolved Mysteries episode of like 1989 uh, in Horicon, Wisconsin, where there was a essentially a haunted bunk bed. And really weird paranormal things were happening around this family that had uh, bought in a brand new bunk bed from, you know, the local mattress store or whatever. Um, or Big Sur water beds. Remember Big Sur water beds? I do remember that. I don't know that it exists anymore. Um, and I'm not saying that's where they bought it. I'm just saying I don't know. Um, anyway, uh, it was a freaky story. And the family couldn't attribute it to anything other than what had what was the variable that changed? They got a bunk bed. Mm-hmm. No paranormal activity before. Suddenly after paranormal activity, uh, they got rid of the bunk bed. Everything everything ceases. Okay, so that was that story. Story I knew growing up my entire life. Fast forward twenty five years, and we're doing this show, mm-hmm. and we've talked about that episode, and we start getting stories of people in that time period who had gotten bunk beds and had weird shit happening in their house. Uh, One of them went so as far as to saying that there was like satanic symbolism on the, some of the wood. Yeah. On the bed. Um, And this was like underneath. Yeah. Where that protective covering. Where you wouldn't necessarily see it. Yeah. 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 It wasn't something that was put on after the fact. It would have come that way. Sure. So I don't know if there was ever that on the the bed in Horicon, Wisconsin back in the day. They never really said that or I don't know if they ever even looked. Um, But just the time period. I don't know how many bunk bed companies there are. Um, It's just it's odd. It is. It's a very odd coincidence. So I don't know. I I would say, does does it sound like they still have the bed to look at? I didn't catch that part. 
I don't know, because it happened when she lived at home, and it's been quite a while. If the bed still exists, examine it. Mm -hmm. Examine it hard. Like, look underneath the odd places on it and see if there's any markings or anything on it. I honestly think there was something that happened in one of these factories. I think something happened with some of that wood. I think some stuff... I don't know. I don't know why or... Just essentially cursed a whole... Something cursed, yeah. Somebody was doing something to this stuff, and it went out into distribution without anybody really knowing it, you know. It's like, you know, the chocolate factory where you get fingers in the chocolate. Okay. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? No, had not heard that. Now I won't enjoy chocolate very much anymore. There was a horrible rumor that went around Wisconsin in uh, the 90s. And guess who that was around? Guess who worked at a chocolate factory? Who? A little man named Jeffrey. Oh, God. Yeah. So, so was the finger thing? No, okay. it wasn't true. It was, a, it was an urban legend. But Dahmer worked at a chocolate factory. Ugh. And that was the rumor. That's gross. Sick. And these are the things I grew up around. This yeah. is why I do this show. Because it's just like normal fodder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so there you go uh let's go to another letter here at real ghost stories online ingrid writes in first i just want to say that i love your show i found it yesterday in my stitcher feed i have searched for paranormal podcasts for months i've tried listening to terrible so-called paranormal shows only to be disappointed and to unsubscribe i thought there was only a handful of shows that i love to listen to needless to say i am thrilled i have found you now I have lots of shows to binge listen to. I wanted to share my story with you. I have many, but this one was one of the first. This happened uh, to me back in the early 80s when I was about 13 years old. I grew up in an old California uh, area named, uh, uh, again, this is Benicia? Benicia, California? Yep. Okay, there we go. It uh, was the capital of California for a short time and had a lot of history. Anyway, I was planning on spending the night at my friend's house like every weekend. Her house was downtown and had more fun things to do for us within walking distance, so we always opted to stay at her house. When I say house, I mean apartment. So I had my mom drive me across town to Troy's house. Yes, her name is Troy. My mom dropped me off at the bottom of Troy's apartment building. I walked up the hill, then up the stairs to her apartment. They had recently moved into this place from a house not far away, so I knocked on the door. Troy was expecting me, and I was such a regular visitor there that uh, I could have just walked in, but I was being polite, so I knocked on the door. Knock, knock, knock. I expected my friend to say, come in, but instead I heard from the other side of the door was a very high-pitched old lady voice saying, who is it? I said, it's me, Ingrid. I didn't recognize the voice, but I thought that my friend was goofing around. Then I heard nothing, so I knocked again. I heard the same voice say the same thing. Who is it? I responded with, it's Ingrid. Then nothing. So to be polite, I knocked again just because I didn't want to upset Troy's older sister. And the same thing happened for a third time. So the same high-pitched old lady voice asking, who is it? At this point, I was slightly annoyed and was tired of this game, so I turned the door handle and opened the door, calling my friend's name, but there was no one there. Walked through the entire apartment, looking through every room, but no one was home. 
As I realized what had happened, I got a cold chill running down my spine as I walked back out of the apartment and sat on the stairs. A few minutes later, my best friend came walking up with bags of groceries in her hand and her older sister and her older sister's baby. They were surprised to see me sitting outside. They said they left the door unlocked for me in case I got there before they got back from the store. I then told them about the voice I heard. The apartment was on the second floor, so there's no way that they went out the back patio to trick me. And then Jill, the older sister, told us a story. She said that a couple of days before, she had been in the bathroom curling her hair, getting ready for work. She had put her baby on the floor in the bedroom to play with some toys while she was getting ready. She was alone in the apartment, aside from the one-year-old baby. So Jill had a baby monitor listening to the baby making noises while playing with baby toys. Jill said that over the monitor she heard a loud, angry voice scream from where the baby was. The voice said, You fucking bitch. Jill freaked out and ran and grabbed the baby. No one was there. She asked the baby if there was someone in the room with her. The baby, the monitor, may have picked up another signal. But after my story, she wasn't so sure. In that same apartment, Troy had told me that one night she had walked to the kitchen for a snack. All of the lights were off except for some ambient light from outside and down the hallway. She opened the fridge. The light from inside the fridge illuminated the room enough for Troy to see her reflection in the window next to the refrigerator along with a white face behind her head watching her then disappeared when Troy screamed. Sorry, I'm not much of a writer. I hope my story is coherent, Ingrid. There's no way I would have spent the night having had the old lady voice behind the door. Who is it? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like a couple of things going on, because that doesn't sound like the old lady that was screaming around the baby. It doesn't sound consistent. Mm -mm. It sounds like there's a couple things going on there, and not all of them all so friendly, so to speak, really. Uh, 855-853-4802 is the phone number. That'd be the creepiest thing in the world, just to have the baby monitor and it picking up something around your kid. Yeah. That's the last thing you ever want to hear, especially like something like that where it's just like borderline violent mm-hmm. sounding, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's go to another caller here before we wrap up the show for the evening. Hi. Hello. Uh, this is me, Jonathan, from Clovis, California. Um... First off, uh, I love the show. Uh, it gives me uh, peace of mind that uh, these things happen to other people. Um, I lived in a house that all my life that uh, weird things have happened uh, to me. I'm a little nervous, so excuse my pause and everything of that sort. Um, yeah. Well, let me just uh, cut to the chase. Uh, one little uh, story that's happened to me when I was young. Uh, during uh, Saturday mornings, I would love to uh, wake up early, what kid uh, wouldn't, and watch cartoons. And uh, one particular day or morning uh, before my uh, parents were asleep and everything, uh, I was watching uh, Dragon Ball Z. I do remember that uh, uh, show I was watching. And while I was uh, watching it, uh, of course, the, the TV show, uh, behind my couch, I heard a sneeze. And... Uh, I was, of course, the only person in the room, 
And then I looked behind the couch and there was no one there. And that was kind of odd. And so I kind of just brushed that off. And um, that particular day too, uh, after the show, I kind of, again, brushed off the sneeze. I thought maybe it was the TV and I just misunderstood the the noise to the TV. And then when I was about to uh, uh, go to my room, I was passing the hallway and I noticed something moving in the laundry right next to the, uh, uh, <laughs> oh, excuse me, uh, today, yeah, it's not, it's not a good time. Right now, it's, it, this is very emotional for me. Uh, this is my first time ever speaking uh, to anyone about this uh, matter. Um, so I, I do apologize for the story not being uh, uh, clear, but it, it, it is a way for me to, uh, to get off my, my chest. So, um, yeah, uh, I noticed, again, something moving in the, uh, the laundry and the clothes, and I could uh, very clearly hear the uh, characters. Uh, when I was watching uh, Dragon Ball Z, I could hear the characters speaking. Uh, it seemed like whatever was in the, uh, in the clothes moving, uh, they were talking to one another. And I remember clearly that they were talking about how uh, they were trying to scare me. And uh, sound like a uh, two little people, or uh, the the people that make uh, squeaky voices when they're the, the, the um, small people. They tend to have a uh, particular type of tone or, or uh, voice, and um, that's what it sounded like. It was kind of odd, and so I, I quickly uh, went to my parents' room. I told them what happened, and so that's the kind of stuff that would happen to me in my house. Um, yeah, uh, just wanted to give you guys a call, just to tell you about that, and I do apologize for the hesitance in the middle. But uh, again, it's uh, very emotional emotional for me to uh, talk about such things. And I do appreciate you guys having the show, because uh, uh, for the longest time I thought I was going crazy, and I thought there was something wrong with me. But then I'm hearing it from my parents that they are uh, having some weird stuff, and then I'd have friends over, and they would say, hey, you know what, something's happened. So it's not uh, too much of uh, I'm, I'm schizophrenic or anything of that sort, but it is it is good to hear though on your show um, that other things happen to people and it's not just me. Well, thank you again and have yourself a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for uh, calling in and sharing your story. Um, it's got to be good to be able to get that off your chest and, and share the story. So, uh, number one, uh, kudos to you for calling in and, and just. Getting it out there, that's that's important. The biggest tragedy is the fact that Saturday morning cartoons are not on the air anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's, that just really sucks. I hate that for my kids. That Well, there's like the Infinite Cartoon Network, but you can't turn to like ABC or no. NBC or, you know, after these messages, we'll be right back. I remember that. Remember the claymation? I do remember that. Yeah. Um I have no idea what to say about what was going on with that. I mean, obviously there was something paranormal that was happening as far as what type of energy or entity or whatever it was. I have no idea, and I don't think we'll probably ever know. But, you know, it's one of those things where if if you, you know, truly believe this happened to you and and you, you know, it sounds like you do, um, you know, you're not alone. These things happen to people, and sometimes it's just a one-time thing and it's gone and done and you're just kind of left perplexed for the rest of your life and 
you know, sometimes folks just find some solace in listening to the show going, oh, okay, I'm not alone in these odd things happening. Well, and it sounds like, you know, this was just one instance of odd things that have happened mm-hmm. throughout his life. Sure. And you could you could tell by the the way he sounded that it wasn't bullshitting. No, us, no, it still gets to him. I hate that. I hate that you had to go through that. And you know, to hear two little squeaky voices talking about scaring you, yeah. shit. I mean, that, it, it sounds like it was yeah. almost taking on the voice or the sound of something else that was familiar to you to kind of lure you in. Yeah. Without going too far into the it's something demonic area, but. Usually, when it's something that's taking on sounds or voices or appearances of other things that may lure a child into it, um, it's usually not so good. Unless it's like your grandma that's showing up as your grandma, uh, right? Being your grandma, you know. I'd love to hear some of the experiences that your parents have had and yeah. what your friends are saying because it sounds like you're not alone and having the weird stuff go on in this house yeah if you want to share more of those we'd love to hear more and we can give you a little bit more insight into uh some opinions there so feel free to call back in phone number is 855-853-4802 if you're not in the epp yet if you enjoy the show please support the show epps are the folks who do just that it's five bucks a month or you can do the whole year subscription for 60 bucks and you get uh, a brand new bonus episode emailed to you every single week and access to the backlog of uh, of, uh, stories as well and uh, bonus episodes 11 of them out there so far including some bonus video content so please become an epp support the show and help keep us on the air so until next time for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.